This is New York. This is New York. This is New York. This is New York is a podcast from DNA Info. I'm Gwen Hogan. And I'm Nicole Levy. And this episode, we're taking you to Prospect Park, where we'll be spending some time at a 104-year-old carousel with the guy who runs it. Oh my God, I'm going to have a job here. He's like an icon. He had 26 years. Today, I'm a little girl. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm not. <laughs> First, let's check in with one of our reporters who covers the park. We're here today with our reporter, Rachel Holliday-Smith. She covers Prospect Heights, Crown Heights, and Prospect Lefferts Gardens for us, basically the east side of the park. She came to DNA Info from New York One about two and a half years ago. Thanks for coming in today, Rachel. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. I'm glad to be here. Great. Uh, we wanted to um, just jump in and ask you, um, so Prospect Park is massive, beautiful park. It's the biggest I mean, it's a huge amenity for Brooklyn, but also has a lot of um, impact on the neighborhoods you cover. But you also share it with our Park Slope reporter on the other side of the park. So we were wondering if you could talk about the different kinds of stories that you guys cover or if there's a difference between east and west edges of the park. Yeah, um, Leslie Albrecht, our Park Slope reporter, and I share the park, and we talk about it all the time, write about it all the time. And the stories between the two sides of the park can be kind of different, um, and the reaction of residents can be kind of different. Um, I've found that on Prospect Lefferts Garden side, or in Crown Heights in general, there's sort of a, a feeling that the Park Slope side, the west side, has a little more amenities, has gotten more attention through the years. Um, the people who care about the park and are organized in the park live on that side of the park. Um, and so that's sort of been a central sort of theme. Um, I cover a lot of different, even, you know, simple things like a new playground or um, a cute new thing coming to the park, a cute event, but I also cover more serious things like crimes on different sides of the park. Um, and frequently I'll hear from folks on the east side who, you know, say, ah, the park slope side. They they get this, they get that, we don't have this. Um, so that that's sort of something I've noticed through my reporting in the last couple of years. It's not extreme, but it's definitely a current that that runs through my reporting. What about the weed-eating goats? Did the east side or the west side get those? <laughs> the east side got those, which they were very happy about this summer. Um, so <laughs> for our, our listeners, those are some, I think, six, half a dozen goats that were hired by the Prospect Park Alliance to actually clean up the Vale of Cashmere area of the park, which is on the east side, sort of near the Prospect Park Zoo, but not really, sort of this hidden spot. Um, and it's one of actually a lot of projects that are going on now, have been going on for the last couple of months, going into the couple of years in the future to restore and promote the east side of the park. I think that this dichotomy, this, cha this difference between the east and west sides um, is something that isn't lost on the people who run the park, um, and they're aware of it, and they're really trying to improve it. And it, the Vale of Cashmere um, is part of millions and millions of dollars that are going into trying to make the east side of the park better. So these goats are part of that. And uh, they were here this summer. They chomped their way out of a job. We actually wrote a story about that um, because they cleaned up too much. They were literally too hungry. <laughs> and they um, like, you know, they 
say about goats, right? Like Bill Grogan's goat, where he ate like he ate the flag and the train track, and uh. they will eat anything, and that's why they were hired to come to Prospect Park because they literally will eat anything. And so I think in July, in the middle of the summer, somewhere they were sent back upstate because they <laughs> they were exiled. <laughs> they were exiled for being too hungry. Um, and I had a lot of people talking to me on Twitter or wherever and saying, when are the goats coming back? So when we heard that they came back, I think they came back about a month later, we got right on it, wrote a story, the goats are back, and uh, people came out and visited them. And you could go right up to them. Um, They're right near this children's discovery area where it's like a little kid's play area. Um, and say hello to the weed-eating goats in Prospect Park. Kind of cute on the east side. What uh, You mentioned that the um, Prospect Park Alliance is working to try to change that uh, dichotomy or the feeling that there's a difference between east and west. What other um, kinds of improvements are coming or have come um, to the side of the park that you cover that, um, that show that? So one of those things is the Oriental Pavilion, which is this giant, gorgeous, antique-looking wooden pavilion that's near the... Um, the skating rink, the lakeside skating rink, also a huge part of um, the improvements to the east side. That's been there for a couple of years, and people really love it. Um, so it's this it's this place where people used to have weddings, you know, events, and it's totally roped off now. It's unsafe. Um, it's gorgeous, but they're going to take a lot of city council funding, I think a couple million dollars, and restore that. And then near the Flatbush Avenue section that I talked about near the Prospect Park Zoo, there's this Dutch... Um, farmhouse that is literally from the colonial era um, that is used as a museum right now, but it's kind of falling apart. It's peeling. It looks kind of almost haunted from the front side on Fatlish Avenue. Um, and that also will be restored um, with a couple million dollars in funding from the city. And those, both of those projects are going to go for the next couple of years, so people will really see those improvements soon. Great. What's, uh, what's your favorite way to spend time in the park, Rachel? <laughs> You know, I love so many different parts of the park, but the, this is sort of sad to say, but I actually interact with it most on the job. Like, I don't spend a lot of time there personally, but I find myself using the East Side Drive, actually, to get between stories. So I, I'm in Prospect Lefferts, and then I, I drive up that side of the park to go to, like, the Grand Army Plaza area or Prospect Heights, because that's my whole beat is on the east side of the park, and so um, I go from, from south to north to get to where I need to go. Not a bad commute. No, it's not. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, and, you know, that East Drive is actually um, one thing that the neighborhood isn't so happy with on the east side um, because I bike there and it's usually pretty safe, but during some parts of the day it's actually still open to car traffic, so you have to be kind of careful. And uh, that is something that people aren't so happy about because last summer um, the city cut off traffic on the west side on the west side drive um but not on the east side so when that happened it was sort of like oh park slope they're getting what they want there's no traffic over there and there's still no traffic you can never drive a car on the west side um but on the east side our spikers still have to watch out for cars sometimes um but i think that there's an effort in the neighborhood to sort of push for for no traffic on the east side as well although there are a lot of folks i will be honest who would say let me drive through the park because congestion is a problem too yeah. You mind telling us a little bit about um, the carousel? That's where we're going to spend the rest of this podcast. Have you ridden on it? Oh, I haven't actually ridden on it. But creepily, I've sat and like kind of watched <laughs> because <laughs> it is so adorable. I have not personally ridden on the carousel, but um, 
it's it's in this area that is totally kid friendly and if you're a New Yorker like me who doesn't like see kids that often it's kind of a nice place to like hear kids laugh and just sort of like you know <laughs> there's plenty of that in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> no okay. it's not crazy. <laughs> it's sort of like uh, I miss kids um but the carousel was actually one of the f- the re- restoration of the carousel rather was one of the first capital projects that the Prospect Park Alliance undertook when they started in the late 80s um, and it's this gorgeous old, you know, early 20th century carousel that has beautiful painted horses and all of that. Um, and they wanted to restore it and get it back up and running. Um, and so they did that in the late 80s. Um, so they've been really, you know, trying to put improvements on the east side since they began. That was their first capital project. Um, and now so many other things around the carousel are improving. I feel like that area near the Lefferts Historic House, near the Oriental Pavilion, the Flatbush Avenue entrances, Ocean Avenue, in the next couple of years, all of that is going to look really quite different to residents who live on the east side. Well, we're going to go take a look at it now. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Rachel. You're welcome. It was so much fun. What's your name? Lucio. Lucio. L-U-C-I-O. L-U-C-I-O. What's your last but name? But if, if you come again in a couple of weeks, to, to, don't call me Luigi. That's what everybody does. Why did they call you Luigi? I tell them Luigi sells a pizza. I'm a carousel master. Since 1990, when the Prospect Park Carousel reopened after a seven-year shutdown, Lucio Scavone has been in charge. My job is... To collect, to collect tickets of the people in, making sure that they all pay, and then there's a maintenance. He polishes the brass banisters, greases the gears, and repaints the 53 horses when they need a touch-up. It's important work needed to keep the 104-year-old piece of machinery whirling. Lucio moved to Brooklyn from Italy around 50 years ago. At 78 years old, he's got wiry gray hair and a big laugh. He whistles while he works. I don't even know I'm whistling. That's, just, that's what I do all day long. He's like an icon, here 26 years. This is Lucio's boss, Margaret Ring. She's worked at Prospect Park for 22 years, almost as long as her employee. Yeah, you know, you have to be able to enjoy people as far as the music goes, too. It's not just about pushing the button. It's a, it's a real Brooklyn thing. When it was first built in 1912, the carousel first lived at Coney Island. The merry-go-round is far from modern. It's been enjoyed since great-grandma was a little girl, and long before that, too. It jogged you up and down and whirled you around. The carousel was moved to Prospect Park in 1952, where it operated for a little over three decades before it was shut down in 1983 for lack of funds. And there it sat, neglected, for five years before the newly founded Prospect Park Alliance revived it as their first major project. The Alliance hired a group of local handymen to bring the carousel back to life, and Lucio was one of them. The carousel was totally broken down when you came on. It's a mess. It's a mess. What did it look like? Can you remember what it looked like? It was like a, uh, if there was a war. Many of the horses' heads had fallen to the ground. It looked as if a bomb had dropped, Lucio said. 
The handymen had their work cut out for them. They stripped the horses of 20 layers of crusty paint, repaired the gears, and restored the band organ. In 1990, the carousel was ready for business. And this was the first project that Press Park Alliance did. It was like we were back. They still needed someone to run the carousel. And somebody from Park Alliance said to me, Lucio, why don't you, don't, why don't you be uh, the carousel, uh, you know, master, whatever you want to do? But, but I said, but uh, I, I don't know, give me a week. My inside, I was saying, oh my God, I'm going to have a job here. I wanted to start right away. I loved everything I've been doing since then. Lucio's favorite part of the job? Kids, one of the things that I like, like the most. They're all cute to me. When, when, when they, they wave at me, and I wave back, they come again, the carousel comes back, you know. They do it again, almost all day long. Yeah, I love the carousel, right? I love the carousel. <laughs> it's her favorite. Oh, here we go. What's your name? What's your name? She's number two. That's true. Her name is Rosie. This is Rosie. Rosie. Okay. All right. Thank you. One last time, Alex. You get to go again? Yes. Peak! Peak, please! I guess peak is our favorite course of peak. the day. Peak! Peak! Yeah. Peak! It's a place that makes people happy. That's the best way to put it. But just hearing the music makes people happy. So it's a happy job. It isn't just kids who come to ride the carousel. There are plenty of kids at heart, too. Take 69-year-old Maria Montalvo. The last time she was here, she was just five years old. Wow. We talked about years ago. <laughs> yeah. But it's entertainment for myself. It's good for your brains. <laughs> you forget about your problems for a while. Yeah. That's the best thing, you know. That's what I did. Today, I'm a little girl. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm not. <laughs> but being a good carousel master is more work than just being good with kids. Lucio says he's learned one thing above all else over these 26 years. Patience. He made me, you know, have a little more patience. It's not because of the kids like you'd expect. It's the adults. Some have injured themselves jumping off the ride while it's spinning, and every day without fail, some parent tries to get their kid on the ride without paying. Everyone must have a ticket, regardless of age. And there's another day that comes, that I don't go through that. With maintenance work getting harder as he ages, this is Lucio's last season at the carousel. He's retiring in November so he can spend more time with his wife. Here to replace him is 23-year-old Frankie Iazio. He's got a big smile and kind eyes. Frankie's from Ditmas Park, and his older brothers worked at the carousel before he started. He came on full-time four years ago when Lucio took a leave of absence yeah, for surgery. Then you were saying you were going to retire. Like, this has been a couple of years now. You're like, oh, this is my last. Frankie's not sure he's got another 22 years left at him at the carousel. But it's not totally off the table. I like the sound of it, and I like the like <laughs> legacy of it. If you know, if I was to stay that long, 
I, I guess I won't say I won't stay. I won't not stay for 26 years. Yeah. You might stay. Right, I might. <laughs> I don't know if Lucio told you or anyone told you, but he's going to get a horse named after him. What? Yeah. <laughs> they want to... It's not an up and down one or nothing. No. But... <laughs> We, there's not a they lot want, left at this they point. Want, <laughs> they, they want to go a horse, Lucio. <laughs> we're my horse. <laughs> Will you come and just sit on it and ride around all day? Sure. <laughs> I'll come back and have some. Uh, you let me in, right? Oh yeah, if you got okay. a ticket. <laughs> on a recent Friday afternoon, Lucio and Frankie close up shop at five, sliding down the metal gates and locking up. There are a few grandmothers and children still lingering on the benches outside. Lucio kisses an older woman on the cheek and gives a toddler a hug. Hey, my wife is watching. Oh, okay. Hey, I'll be right with you, okay? Bye bye. Say bye, Lucio. Bye bye. Bye bye. Once he's retired, Lucio won't have to deal with maintaining the carousel, and it'll be Frankie's job to enforce the law with rule-breaking parents. But, like he said, he'll be back for the kids. When I leave, I come back, and I still see them, see? So it's not so bad, because I don't know what to do when I get out. What am I going to do? What do I do? Watch TV all day long? Or do the Sudoku? That's that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the Prospect Park Alliance and their carousel staff for putting up with us. Our intro music comes from The Silent Partner and the Free Music Archive. This is New York is a podcast from DNA Info, and we're your hosts, Gwen Hogan and Nicole Levy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>